We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com backslash CMOS and get on your way to being your best self. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com backslash CMOS girlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Good morning, CMOS girlies. Happy Tuesday. I hope you're enjoying your silly little walk. If you are on one, Kate and Emma are here with a pod and we haven't been at it for a while. So how's it going, dog? It's going good. Uh, Yeah, I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. If you celebrate and I hope you all got some cheap supplements during Black Friday. I know I didn't because I didn't buy any supplements, but Yeah. yeah, I'm doing good. I got back to New York on Wednesday. So I've been kind of easing back into the life in New York. I had kind of a, not a medical scare because I don't want to like freak people out, but I like woke up, I think the day on Thanksgiving with like debilitating back pain and like all these pinched nerves. And I was like convinced I had like a herniated disc and it was like really, really bad. And I had to go to like a orthopedic, like urgent care and got like x-rays and everything. I think I'm fine, but I've also been on steroid medication for the past week. So I don't know if that's just, you know, it doing its job, but yeah, anyone who's had crazy back pain, it it sucks and it's scary. And I haven't been able to like bend my back and I had to spend my entire birthday just like laying on ice packs, um, which wasn't fun, but you know, we're making progress and that's all that you can do. I think it's just like a sign that my body needed rest, but how are you? Yeah, I hate you hate to see your girl boss go down, especially on her birthday. Um, I'm doing good. Life is really just me running and then like I feel like my brain shuts off for the rest of the day and then I'm in a bathtub and like eating the same things. We were talking earlier before we started potting about how I finally noticed the effects of inflation grocery shopping. I think for the past few months I've been like, Oh yeah, inflation. I notice it here or there on certain products. 
But I've noticed that when grocery shopping and you're saying like, I don't think there's anything I could do about it because we don't eat out. I don't like Uber, like there's no cost that I could really change. So that's been kind of a mental fuckery. I've noticed. I noticed it when pea soup, the Amy's Amy's pea soup was $8. Like that's That's when it really was my point of breaking. Um, But I'm good. I went home for Thanksgiving. Wasn't too cold in Minnesota running a lot and there's going to be two run clubs I'm hosting the next upcoming weekends which will be fun so just end of the year stuff and then I'm going to Australia on New Year's so I think I've posted I posted my Instagram but any CMS releases that live in Australia I'll be going with my family so no I won't be able to meet up I got a few DMs of like host a run I'm with my family but if you have any recommendations let me know like wellness things or like restaurants or just things to see that you think are worth it yeah that'll be fun we're considering doing a road trip um who knows where we'll go. My dad is really pushing hot springs, Arkansas. My brother and rest of the family refuses to go to Arkansas. I'm pushing for new Orleans, but we'll see what goes there. Um, yeah, being home is really, really nice. I actually love being home and I'm like, I don't know if it's because I hate New York now or what's up, but yeah, going home is like very special. I also realized when I was home that I actually like sardines. I, I feel like I had sardines once and it just was like an awful experience or probably just had like a terrible brand. Um, but I tried a can, a can with my dad and I was like, oh damn, these are good. And I also started playing solitaire. So that's kind of where my (laughs) mental state is. Um, I've also just been, I think, reflecting on what I want for the next year of my life. And I've been, you know, happy this past year, but also I've felt very burnt out and like stuck with life and just kind of thinking about, you know, how I hope CMOS girlies and all the other things Kate and I want to accomplish when, you know, in future years, like how that'll even occur. But question for the CMOS girlies, I have realized that I probably don't share as much of my life with everyone. And I kind of want to be more open with people on social media. And so my question is if I were to go on TikTok, not saying that like I would ever do that full time, but if I were to like dabble, would people even like that? Cause I just feel that I'm like so late to the game, but I don't know what type of content I would make, but I do kind of miss being creative. And I've been talking to a few friends who, you know, have traditional nine to fives and just like how they feel very lost because they don't have any time anymore to really express themselves on the internet. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this podcast can probably relate to that, but that's definitely kind of been like a big, like mental thing that I've been trying to work through. So if you want to see more from me, please let me know because I am just a woman with a lot of anxiety and insecurities. So the more positive feedback that I can get, the better. So, you know, let let a girly know. Let's get Emma on TikTok. No <laughs> hate comments, no dislike. We cannot have any sort of haters I can in hand- the room. I can handle a few. I can handle okay. a few, but Yeah. I feel like, you know, I you're like you'll probably have the same kind of audience I feel like yeah. as I do where it's like all girls, no incels. I had incels for a bit. Um, yeah, pop on TikTok, bro- brother. TikTok notoriously, like, you know, I've had a recent realization because everyone I've talked to that's a creator has had really low views the past few months. And it's kind of a byproduct of like the app started in 2020. There were very yeah. less, few fewer creators. So you were getting like privileged to be on the For You page a lot more often. And I feel like my content, not like shadow ban, because I feel like when people are like, I'm shadow banned, it's like maybe your content just sucks, which I'm <laughs> kind of like, maybe my content is boring. But a lot of people I know are getting like, cr- like drastically lower views than ever so it's kind of interesting now that there's so many people on the app but I do feel like people are looking for like more interesting creators I feel like 2022 which is this year this past year was a lot of just like robotic like I would scroll in a video and it would be like Matilda Jurf and Inspired Outfit um 
greens bloating do de- bloat smoothie thing and you don't even get to know the creators because everyone is just like a fucking carbon copy and i feel like people that are consuming content like watching it are kind of sick of that um and they kind of like yeah like personality is showing more so yeah tiktok i truly feel like every day multiple days throughout the week i'm like what the fuck do i post that people care about like did people care to see me run again like the fuck um yeah so my only other interesting thing that's happened to me is realized i'm pronated which if you don't know it basically means you have like an arch collapse when you're running you can go to a running store and get your gait analyzed you could like film yourself like recording it's basically when you're like your ankles kind of like tilt inwards um and it's interesting someone dm me about this of like i played volleyball my whole life and whenever we would do box jumps like for athletic training for volleyball my knees would always collapse in when I landed. And like when I did squats, my knees would always cave in. And that's kind of similar to what pronation is as to running. So I'm like, that's really interesting that I've always kind of been weak in that way. So stability shoes are kind of like a bandaid. Like you should fix the underlying issue of your weak in your calves and you're weak in your glutes which is why your body's like compromising and you're having this collapse but in the meantime stability shoes are like a good shoe for you so I got new shoes by Hoka because I work with them obviously and um yeah my runs I have had no pain I have never felt better and I've also been like lifting really heavy for the past month and I've definitely noticed my strides have just been stronger I feel less prone to like tweaking my ankle or something I notoriously like sprain my ankle when I'm just walking down the streets because I'm like a fucking klutz with size 11 feet um but the lifting has been helping so yeah that's uh if you're pronated uh stand stand up tall i've had a lot of what, girls comment. what's the sh- what's the shoe model if people are curious oh yeah it's called the one of them's called the gaviota one of them's called the narahi um basically if you know hokas which i feel like a lot of people do are very familiar with the clifton and the bondis which are like the two most popular shoes the bondis are the extreme cushion the cliftons are a little bit less and so if you're looking to translate that over to a stability shoe the gaviota is as to the bondi and then arahi as is as to the clifton so if that made hoka sense to any of the girlies out there who i know all love their hokas um yeah that's some interesting thing for me that's about it guys about it for me but today's episode shall we get into it it's about women's health so we've done a lot of episodes which talk about women's health and like your period and working out and low impact high impact so definitely check out the previous episodes we've done which will be more in depth but this is sort of like our just overall perspective on like health practices we've noticed specifically as women that we have found beneficial i think there's a lot of information on the internet you've probably seen a lot on tiktok a lot on instagram that's confusing and misleading and so this is just going to be like what we think of the main things you've heard of whether that's cycle syncing intermittent fasting low impact pilates whatever the hell um because yeah i feel like this is something emma and i like literally think about every single day yeah and yeah like kate so there's definitely a lot of overlap with like previous episodes so if there's a subject that we briefly touch on you know there's a chance that we did an episode solely dedicated to that like i know we did a whole thing on like exercise we've done all things about like getting your period back and whatnot so anything that we speak on you know interests you there's definitely more information because yeah this is definitely a little bit more of a condensed app but with that let's get into the episode let's get into the shot thank you cmos girlies we will talk to you in a few we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS girlies. We know you spend hours scrolling and liking our memes on your phones. Hey, Emma, have you heard about the dangers of blue light? Oh, girl, am I aware. From the headaches to the blurry vision, I am a victim of blue light. Did you know that exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep? Even though your girlies take your magnesium before bed, we suggest you check out Felix Gray lenses to help with blue light exposure. Kate and I are wearing our glasses as we, as we record this ad because the Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on the eyes. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges felixgrayglasses.com slash girlies. Have you experienced the trauma of chickpea cookie dough or freely the banana girl? Or do you wish there was a user manual on how to fix your cursed IBS? Because I sure do. We know it can be challenging navigating life when it feels like there are rocks in your stomach. So it may be beneficial for you to sign up for online therapy. I know that I get headaches when shopping for supplements like a geriatric elder, and I need to develop better coping skills when the mackerel is gone at the grocery store. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CMOS. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CMOS. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, CMOS girlies, we're back. Let's talk about women's health. So the overall gist of this episode that you will learn, um, what did you say before? The TDLR? The, the too long did I read TLDR. TLDR um, is basically women have different hormones than men female hormones, male hormones, you know, et cetera. Another interesting thing, we've gotten kind of questions about this DMs of like what, what happens with like trans people, like those who get like synthetic hormones or not synthetic, but you know what I mean? Like if you're going mm-hmm. through a transition and we obviously don't have enough research, we barely have enough research on like women. So that hasn't, we haven't made the improvements and the strides in culture and medicine to catch up to like really have scientific research on that. So we're only really speaking about like female hormones, male hormones here. So overall, the reason that this is kind of fucked is just gender discrimination of like why a lot of health information doesn't really apply to women is because clinical studies favor men over women. So as women have been excluded from the workplace, not being able to own a credit card, what to do with their bodies, the similar things occurs in the medical industry. So U.S. researchers who only about like half a century ago largely excluded women from clinical trials now ensure that they compromise at least half of the study participants in NIH-funded research. Like that is a huge stride that has been pushed from the feminist movement to now have that inclusion when it comes to clinical trials. Um, And excluding women from early stages of drug trial trial specifically led to this shortage of data on how drugs affect women. So when you're thinking about something like literally any drug so the supplements obviously aren't regulated the same as drugs but this is like any over-the-counter thing that you can get from a doctor of if it's not tested on women how the fuck are you going to know how it impacts women's health and women's bodies and it wasn't until between 1989 and 1993 that this inclusion of women in clinical research was passed by congress um it was in 1993 congress wrote the nih inclusion policy into federal law so i think a lot of times when you know us gen z children uh think about history and specific feminist history we're like oh yeah that's like something that our grandmothers fought for like this was an achievement in the 90s guys like if you don't know women couldn't own credit cards to their own name like like in the 70s 80s and so a lot of these things are still very new history that we are still working through and there's obviously a plethora of achievements that fall in like race and class lines that still have not been achieved and gender lines too um so yeah don't take it for granted that like oh yeah we have all this like women's health advice it's still kind of coming from a a huge huge disadvantage systemically but the overall thing is that even though there is inclusion it doesn't ensure that women and men are properly represented represented in different like disease trials and trials for like specific things like for example women are underrepresented in clinical trials about cardiology oncology neurology immunology and hematology but men are up underrepresented in different clinical trials that are about musculoskeletal disease, trauma, psychiatric disease, and preventative medicine. So it cuts both ways. Um, And when it comes to this health research, large gender gaps obviously limit how much we know about difference between men and women. So it's good that we have made these achievements, but there's still a lot of gaps because we still don't know like how certain diseases affect one gender or one sex and how different like medical conditions affect both. So we're still kind of shooting in the dark. And that gets to the brunt of this episode of like when you when you read any sort of health advice on the internet and it's coming from probably clinical studies that are only tested on men like it's probably not going to be as accurate if you are someone with female hormones 
Yeah. And it's not shocking, but it's also kind of shocking just like how much this isn't talked about. And especially when it comes to like a lot of education or if anyone who does go see their doctor, like they're probably not going to tell you, you know, what percentage of like, you know, certain drugs or medications were tested on men versus women. And I really didn't really know much about the whole exclusion of women when it came to clinical studies until I started honestly listening to a lot more podcasts and like a lot of, you know, doctors on podcasts talking about a lot of the limitations with a lot of studies. So you know, just something to kind of keep in mind. Again, you can't really take everything that you read on the internet, you know, at full value, just because again, there's so many limitations with how we sort of test between men and women. And that kind of gets into exercise, which is like the first portion that we're going to talk about because so many exercise programs really have a one size fits all approach when it comes to, you know, men and women, basically like a lot of, you know, programs will just kind of like, you know, copy and paste whatever they give to men to women. And I even know when I was like training, doing like swimming, we would just do the same exercises as the boys. And I'm sure Kate did, you know, and other people who play other sports, you pretty much did whatever, you know, men did. However, like a lot of hormonal fluctuations that women do experience basically means that we're not going to respond the same way as men, if we do the same workout day in and day out, and we're not going to experience the same exact results. And that can be really, really frustrating for women. If you know, you're doing maybe some sort of like workout challenge with like your husband or your partner, and they're like seeing all these amazing benefits. And then you just feel that you're like remaining the same. And I think a lot of women can probably relate to the whole aspect of like, oh, my like, you know, brother can eat like garbage. And then like he goes on one run and like somehow has six pack abs. Um, so exercising with your cycle is basically tailoring certain exercises to certain points in your menstrual phase, which we'll kind of get into that in a second, but this is really like a tool to kind of a ensure you're not like overstressing your body at different times of the month. And it just also helps you become more in tune with your body while also just giving kind of more clarity on why you may feel more energized for specific workouts and also help in avoiding amenorrhea because overexercising often does lead to amenorrhea. And that's something that I've experienced a lot and, you know, granted, I don't follow this to a T at all. Like I'm not really scheduling like on my calendar, like, oh, it's like day four of my follicular phase. That means I can't do strength training. But I think it instead it's helped me become more aware and like understanding that like, oh, if I didn't have as good of a workout, it's probably because I'm going to get my period in five days. Um, So kind of breaking it into each phase of your cycle versus the follicular, which is day one through 14. And so your estrogen levels are kind of rising during the early days and kind of during like the first or second day of your period when you are bleeding, it's pretty normal to have like less energy and feel less active if you deal with cramps or other PMS symptoms. So it's generally advised to do more gentle movements that alleviate PMS symptoms or just like boost your mood. So just like yoga, walks, Pilates, I tend that I find myself to kind of just like take like a complete day of rest on my first day of my period just because it's like obviously just like a lot for the body. Um, but then later in like your, like your period. So, you know, after the, the first few days of like bleeding, this is where we'll actually see like an, yeah, an increase in estrogen and testosterone. So this kind of creates a prime environment for our bodies to build muscles. So like hit strength training, really intense runs. I think that's really getting your heart rate up and pushes you are going to be like best suited for this time of the month. And then you experience your ovulation, which is a one day event. And most women generally feel energized surrounding their ovulation, which makes sense because this is like when your body's supposed to like have sex and like you're supposed to, you know, produce a baby essentially. Um, And so you may find that you're able to withstand higher levels of exertion and intensity on your ovulation. And so you may find that you still want to continue to do high intensity workouts. Again, it's going to be very like 
individual between each like woman and like their experiences with their periods. So if you've experienced really kind of crazy symptoms during this time, obviously just like do what's best for you. And then lastly is the luteal. So 15 to 28. So your second half of your menstrual cycle, really the week before you start your next period, many, including myself, will find like a decline in energy because your body is like sort of prepping for its next period. And estrogen moderately rises again for the second time. And then progesterone is at its highest. And this is kind of where we start to see a lot of like PMS symptoms. And so our bodies also struggle with thermoregulating or regulating its temperature. So you might find that you're like extremely dehydrated all the time, always sweaty. So like doing like hot yoga or like hot Pilates might be like extremely uncomfortable. And so during this phase is when low impact movement is going to be best suited. So whether that's like really, really steady state cardio, strength training with like lower weight or more reps and yoga, um, these are just obviously ideas. And of course, you know, if you're a student athlete or maybe you're like training for a marathon, like Kate, like you may not be able to fully follow this protocol to a T and that doesn't mean that you're like fucking up your hormones. I don't want to like scare anyone. Um, but it is kind of, I think a really useful tool if you are someone who does have sensitive hormones or maybe you have had amenorrhea before and you're like nervous about like losing it again because of exercise. Yeah. hundred percent agree with all that was said. And I think for me, since I'm like very on TikTok, I have seen such an increase. And I don't know if you guys who listen to the podcast that are on TikTok have seen a lot about cycle syncing your workouts. Like I have seen creators that are like normal, like chicks, not even like the wellness niche that are making videos about this, which has just been very interesting. Um, I personally, like Emma said, I'm training for a marathon and prior to that, even I wasn't really doing specific like cycle syncing workouts. That was a lot of like mental energy for me to adapt and change like what I want to do. I think I am at a point in my health journey where I'm very in tune with my body versus like three years ago, I very much wasn't like, even if I woke up and I felt extremely stressed and like dehydrated or something, I would push myself through a really hard workout. And now I wake up and I kind of have an idea of like stress. You know, I have an idea that, yeah, yesterday was a really hard day. I'm going to have to go lighter today or I didn't get good sleep. So I'm going to have to do less. I think that's something you learn over time. And so when it comes to the cycle syncing for me, I think it is more intuitive with my movement as a runner. I think some things that you can tweak are heart rate data. So if you do have a watch or if you do have a heart rate monitor, that is something that you can look at to see what type of like stress you're putting your body under. I've done a few TikToks on this. We did a whole episode about this, but there's basically different zones of heart rate that will kind of get you to understand like what intensity you're at. You know, you could be thinking that you're on a really light run, but your heart rate is at a really high rate. There's ways to calculate it online and just going based on like what your watch reads. And I didn't have a running watch for like four years on my running journey. And I recently got one because I was like, this is beneficial to me to know that I'm not overstressing myself in my runs. And I've I've run my my quote easy runs, which is a type of run if you are training for anything. I've started running them like two minutes slower than I was like a few years ago. And I think for a while I had this in my head of like, oh, I'm shitty. Like I'm shitty if I run slow, but you're once again, training smarter, not harder of building up that aerobic base. So that's one thing that I think you could tweak if you are in that like runner. I know I have a lot of like runners that follow my TikTok specifically. And I think when it comes to the seed cycling, which I do, do I feel like seed cycling has got me my period back? Definitely not. Like, I don't think that's something you can grasp onto. Like it is a holistic health practice. There's not like clinical research on it, but it still does have benefits. So it's like that between ground that I think Emma and I fall in with most health stuff of like, 
we're not entirely like 100% Western medicine and not entirely like 100% like Eastern medicine. You kind of have to figure that out what works for you. But I think overall, like one of the most important aspects of your health as a woman is going to be reproductive health. Whether or not you think, fuck kids, I never want to have kids in my life. Like the phases of your cycle are really important to entail that you are doing the right things to your body, that you're not overstressing it, that you are like able to conceive a child, even if you don't want to. And then like, none of us are going through this, but like, yeah, once after you like, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the phrase. What is it after you have your period? Uh, Menopause. Menopause. Oh my God, I'm so dumb. Yeah, menopause. Like you're going to have to go through that as well. And one thing to note here is that like, I've seen this back and forth between doctors of like, should you have pain on your period? And should you have PMS symptoms? Because some people say like a painful period is a sign that something's wrong with your body. You shouldn't be getting like cramps and bloating and like be like bedridden all day. Um, I'm kind of like, I've never really had that severe of period cramps, so I can't really relate to that. But I know a lot of women have had really like painful periods to not say that like you're a problem. Cause I think that's another issue too, where like doctors are like, you should have a, like a, such a light period. You should not have any pain, but our bodies are different. And it's, it's kind of like mentally exhausting too, to like have such a sense of yourself. Like you are totally just like optimizing your health. Like this is a tool, like Emma said, where you can know the different parts of your cycle and get in tune with your body. But when it gets to a point where you're like treating yourself like a fucking robot like oh i want to eat this for dinner but i need to eat artichokes because i'm in my luteal phase like it's just like stupid at that point and i think that's kind of when it comes to like the cycle syncing with eating which i've seen on tiktok too of like during this part of my phase i eat these foods because they have this nutrients like that's great for me that's a lot of mental work and i'm not going to go out and buy different vegetables for different four weeks of my cycle i think that's like very privileged to have that like sense of knowledge and also to like know that is just like a little bit much for me if you want to do it like awesome not knocking it but the most that I do of like adapting my diet let's say is like maybe upping my magnesium in my luteal phase and then just doing the seed cycling thing so yeah and then another question we get a lot is like hey I'm on birth control like what does that mean when it comes to cycle syncing so if you're on hormonal birth control like you're not getting a period you're not getting a true natural period you are getting synthetic hormones in and so no like seed cycling and this shit we're talking about like doesn't particularly apply to you however there's some nuances to that like if you know Alyssa Vitti who is behind flow and in the flow and flow living whatever she has like a lot of resources on her website that I would suggest you read about how you can sort of do these holistic things if you still are on birth control Maybe you want to get off birth control, like what that transition could look like for you. I'm not saying like birth control is bad. I'm also really scared in like a post Roe v. Wade world where a lot of people are going on TikTok and saying like birth control is the devil. It's like, yeah, birth control is actually a thing. So women don't have unwanted pregnancy. Like it's not, it's a feminist win here. Um, I, Speaking as someone who's not on birth control, I still can say that and also say that like, I don't, I'm not on birth control. So very personal. I'm not demonizing birth control. Be on it if you want it. It's great. Second point of, I guess, next part of this episode is going to be about bone health. So this is something that I think most women like particularly care about more than men. Um, Just when it comes to like iron and calcium, different nutrients we'll talk about. Osteoporosis is something that I think a lot of the CMOS girlies are going to be familiar with because I'm considering people who have come from background of eating disorder. So if you don't know, like women generally have diagnosed like more eating disorders than men or like not diagnosed, like uh, told surveyors, right? Women definitely have more eating disorders than men. So 
There are two things that you can develop when you have an eating disorder related to your bone density. So since your body is depleted of nutrients and you are not getting enough caloric intake for your energy requirements, certain health functions start to chip away. So your period is one of the first things to go. Your hair and your nails can get brittle. You also are risking your bone health. And this is something that you can't really see unless you are getting like a skeletal like skeletal scan you're getting some sort of blood work and a lot of people don't have access to that and so i think that like that is a huge consequence of having an eating disorder that i don't think people are that nervous of i've said this on like a million fucking podcast episodes so i'm sorry if you're tired of me hearing this but like when i went in and got my bone health and like uh blood work when i like thought i had an eating disorder the doctor came into the room and i was at a quote healthy bmi but i was at extremely low body fat and i had a high muscle mass because i was an athlete at the time So I quote, wasn't underweight. I wasn't like typical, like anorexic. And the doctor came in and looked at my stuff and she was like, have you ever worked out a day in your life? She didn't know anything about my medical background. I thought she was kidding. And she said, you have the bone density of an 80 year old woman. Like, have you ever lifted? Because lifting obviously promotes like healthy bone function. And so I was like, what do you fucking mean? I've been lifting since I've been 12. And she's like, well, you aren't able to get any of the benefits of this lifting you're doing because you're basically just treating your body like shit. And that's the thing that kind of snapped me out of this eating disorder of realizing like, oh, it's so much more than just like the little stuff. Like my period is gone. My hair and nails look like shit, like my mood, everything. Like that was a lot of the reasons of like the quote health reasons for me to recover from an eating disorder. And that's why I feel like I'm so protective of like CMOS girlies that like, you you got to go through recovery like sucks to gain weight it sucks for your body to change it sucks to like not really like what you look like and be in this like body dysmorphia but there's bigger health consequences and another thing that I don't feel like I hear about at all is sort of this like quote second puberty so if you're not familiar if you have an eating disorder during adolescence this is the prime time of your body to grow into like what your body is supposed to look like right so if you had any sort of disordered eating and any sort of amenorrhea during puberty like from your teens into your early college like your body did not get to where it was supposed to be as an example i'm six feet tall i was supposed to be six feet six foot two on all of my growth charts right so after i had restored my weight after i would got my period back consistently for a few years now I have been like, my body weight has been fluctuating, right? And this is this quote, second puberty that you get in your mid twenties, because it is this weight gain, this critical weight gain. I'm not even just saying like weight gain because you had an eating disorder. Like you are supposed to gain weight. Like you're not supposed to be the, like when you pop out your mom's womb, like you're not supposed to be that weight for the rest of your fucking life. Okay. So this weight gain that you didn't experience during your adolescence, you're getting in your mid twenties through this second puberty. And I think that's a really uncomfortable thing to experience. I know that I don't like it. I think a lot of girls that don't have any sort of like critical eating issues in their early ages like I feel like they you know they probably gain boobs they probably get all this like this natural quote weight gain into the areas that they were supposed to get and like now I'm like oh shit I'm like getting weight on my thighs I'm getting weight on my hips that I never had before and it's like yeah because like you had an eating disorder during that point so just like take that with a grain of salt if you feel like you're in your 20s and your body's changing and it's like your body's probably never felt safe your body's probably always been in some sort of like chronic like stressed out like fight or flight starvation mode and now that you're in your 20s and you're like finally figuring out what to do with your body you're like hitting that set weight for the first time so that's one thing to note with like eating disorder stuff when it comes to women once again like supplements for bone health which emma will get into just like make sure overall you're at the correct dosage and bioavailable forms i know i said in a previous episode a lot of times doctors will prescribe women to get calcium and your body can only absorb like 500 milligrams of calcium at one sitting most pills on the shelf are a thousand milligrams so like you're peeing out the second dose or the second half of that pill so you just got to be smart when it comes to like supplements don't start taking like 12 things at once 
Yeah. And so, yeah, as Kate mentioned, iron, calcium, and protein, a lot of people asked about that. And truthfully, iron and calcium supplements aren't really things that I think about. And I probably should consider them more since I am a woman who menstruates. But another thing that I want to touch on, like, in regard to seed cycling is that I think a lot of people are like, oh, you eat seeds. Like, that's, like, so silly and stupid. But, like, it's one of those things where, like Kate said, it's not going to fully cure you, but it's also not going to hurt you. And so it's one of those things where, like it's worth trying. And if you enjoy the experience of it, then keep doing it, but it's not going to like completely harm you. And even if it does seem a little like hippie woo woo, like so be it. But I just think that there is like a lot of like flack that that gets, but I do strongly believe in it. Um, anyway, getting into iron. So ironings for women who menstruate are going to be higher than that. I'm just like a general adult. And this is largely because blood contains about 70% of iron. And at the start of our cycle, we lose around two milligrams daily. And so basically those who are menstruating or any woman who's around 19 to 50 years old will need around 18 milligrams a day. And any female athlete, or even if you're not like a true athlete, but maybe you like work out a lot, you're going to require a lot more iron to account for what is lost through sweating. And the lack of iron can really lead to anemia, which is like very, very common among many women, liver and heart damage. And most multivitamins will meet this like daily requirement of 18 milligrams. Now, of course, you kind of have to keep in mind, like, is your body going to fully absorb that? Obviously, you're going to like you know, would need some sort of blood test to like really know that's really challenging to get for a lot of people. And, you know, your gut microbiome, et cetera, can really have an impact on like what your body is able to absorb. And you shouldn't solely be relying on, you know, getting all of your vitamins and nutrients through supplementation. You should really be prioritizing your diet first. Um, So, you know, a lot of foods that do contain this are going to be a lot of like red meats, especially like beef liver. If you want to take beef liver supplements, that's like a really, really easy way for you to get iron and a bunch of other supplements or other nutrients. Um, But if you're like vegan or vegetarian, you know, there's like tempeh, tofu, spinach is always talked about a lot too. If you do a quick Google search, you can kind of like find a long list of things that contain iron and you can really use that for when you go grocery shopping next. Um, Next is going to be calcium. So Average adult needs about a thousand milligrams a day, but women need about 1,200 if they're in their like when they're at age 50 or their post menopause years, or yeah, menopause years, I suppose. Um, this is because the decrease in estrogen production makes it difficult to retain calcium, and this also then puts you at risk of osteoporosis, which Kate talked a lot previously. And this is just like a very extremely common bone disease, and one in two women over 50 will break a bone because of osteoporosis. And Kate and I really, really try to talk about health and like caring about it at a young age from kind of like a preventative lens. Cause you don't want to wake up when you're 50 and like have brittle bones, you know, fall on ice and then like, you know, break a rib or something. And so this is kind of where you can be very proactive and ensuring that you are getting the adequate nutrients you need to have like healthy and strong bones. So calcium, again, like Kate said, probably better to have it in a multivitamin form or getting through your diet as taking like a calcium pill on its own may not be actually that beneficial in the long run if your body can only absorb so much. And then lastly is going to be protein. So protein needs are generally calculated by taking a body weight or your specific body weight by 0.36. And these needs are going to vary depending on lifestyle, strength training, et cetera. The bare minimum really hovers around 46 grams per day for women and 71 grams if you're breastfeeding. And this is because Basically, your body needs 
to have protein in order to produce breast milk and in order for women to preserve their lean tissue, they need additional protein to also then ensure that like their baby's getting adequate nutrients. I personally think now that I've been prioritizing protein a lot more in my diet, I kind of feel that 46 grams is like extremely low. And of course, it's going to be very, this is going to vary by each person, but I do feel that like women personally would benefit from you know, eating a lot more than just like that general, like 46 grams, of course, experiment, but I do feel like way more satiated. I feel that I'm like able to kind of build a little bit more muscle when I do have more protein. I'm not obviously trying to, you know, tell everyone to eat like hundred grams. Cause that's going to be like individual, but I do think that 46 is kind of on the lower end. Yeah. And protein, like if, you know, if you're vegan, like obviously look for something with a complete amino acid profile. If you're not vegan, like go ahead for whey. I've been like, I'm gonna, I got suspicious bags of protein from, I don't know how, and it's whey protein. (laughs) Um, but some people say that whey protein and like creatine cause them to bloat. I personally haven't experienced that yet. So I will, um, let you know on that. The next part of the episode is going to be about like insulin resistance and intermittent fasting, which I'm sure you hear about on all of the health podcasts, all of the health podcasts. And you've been like, oh my God, is fasting the new thing I need to do? Like ketosis, whatever. And of course I've been like, oh yeah, maybe I should try this out. Like take, you know, it makes sense. There's so much research and so much buzz about the 16-8 and all the various methods to do it. Um, overall, I want to first talk about like insulin resistance and PCOS because we haven't done a full episode about PCOS. Neither Emma and I have it. And I don't know if we could really like serve that much about PCOS. Um, We talked about it in our adrenal fatigue episode and how it's kind of one of those like vague undiagnosed like things of like doctors are still sort of like figuring it out. Um, but women with PCOS frequently have insulin resistance, which is this inadequate response to the hormone hormone insulin. A lot of people think about this of like, this is why you have like weight gain on certain parts of your body because your cortisol like increases and et cetera, et cetera. Your thyroid gets off. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk about like fasting and exercise here. So I think there's been a lot of flack on TikTok particularly, which I was trying to talk about earlier and I totally blanked about this of like, I need to do like all like low impact stuff. Like I can't ever, ever, ever increase my cortisol because like I'm not going to be able to like get through my workout or whatever. Um, You know, if I'm doing some sort of hit or some high intensity thing, cortisol is bad, which is like a total misnomer. Like if we've talked about before, if you're when your body undergoes stress, i.e. a workout, you're going through acute like inflammation basically like you're inflaming your body but it's not this sort of like chronic inflammation of like i my body is in a constant state of stress for 24 hours throughout the day so that's just to say of like if you're going through a hard workout your body will recover after you know you are going to go rest you're going to go refuel it with some nutrients and i think the low impact like pilates thing is kind of edging misinformation sometimes like i think high intensity stuff can be an issue when you're doing it multiple multiple times throughout the week and you're not like letting yourself rest and recover from that like you are burning yourself out there and your cortisol is probably getting to that stage of being chronic but that's not to say like one day out the week if you're like a runner like I like if you want to do sprint workout and get your body in that zone four like go do it right if you are a weightlifter and you want to do something that's like extremely intense like pushing your body to hypertrophy into fatigue like that's not a bad thing so I don't want you to think that like cortisol is bad and like it's always a bad thing to like stress yourself out um but it helps your body also build resilience if you are putting yourself through like this sort of stress at a very like specific time but then kind of like getting into insulin resistance and like fasting so this is like my personal take on fasting like 
do which with you which I'm sure you've heard a lot on it but overall most fasting stuff has not been done on women and like hasn't thought about the nuances of like what happens with a women's cycle if you ever listen to the doctor Stephanie Estima her podcast like better with Dr. Stephanie she talks a lot about the ketogenic diet and she talks a lot about insulin resistance and fasting and women's hormones and like breaks it down in a way that is actually respective to how women's bodies are different than men but overall like fasting is something that if you are just kind of playing around with it can get pretty dangerous of putting your body in a lot of stress of like not eating food for a very long period of time specifically if you come from the background of an eating disorder and now you're just like willy-nilly like oh I'm just like not going to eat till noon and then I'm just going to be done eating like early and I'm not going to eat for a very long time. I think that's something that's kind of like playing with fire. The only benefit of insulin or of, you know, intermittent fasting, I think if you're following it in a way that like comes from medical advice, comes from a doctor and you feel like you are not kind of edging down that road, it can be safe. I know a lot of, I've heard some girls say like, I like it because I don't think about food all day. I kind of have this set window of thinking about eating. If you come from like an eating disorder background, but I just think it's a little bit dicey. Like for an example, I think fasted cardio too. Like a lot of people are like, I don't eat before my workouts. And I used to not be like that. Cause I was like, Oh, like I need to like be in ketosis and like, it's bad to eat. You know, it's just going to, all my gains are going to go away if I eat calories before my workout. And I have never felt better eating before my workouts. And it took a doctor to tell me that like your body is probably in stress because you're putting it through stress without having any food and energy in your body. You need to eat before your runs and you need to eat before your stuff. And I was told that and I was like, yeah, I guess that actually like makes a lot of sense. So yeah, just something to consider, do whatever works for you. Yeah. And for fasting, you know, I think it's also important to consider when you're listening to podcasts that like their target audience is probably not going to be like a 19, 20, 21 year old girl who like is coming from an eating disorder. They're probably talking more specifically to like women who are older or men who are maybe dealing with other health issues. Also, there's a lot more benefits to fasting than literally just, you know, calorie restriction or like simply just like not eating. So I definitely, you know, do your research. And if this is something that like you should be doing, obviously do it with like a medical doctor. I will say too, that like a lot of us already kind of like naturally fast. If you eat dinner at like 6 PM and if you wake up at nine and eat dinner or breakfast at 10, that's considered a fast. Um, but like Kate said that, you know, fasting for women is not the same when it comes to fasting for men. And we're not going to be able to do aggressive fast for extended periods of time, again, largely because of like the hormones that women experience. And this is because we deal with our second second cycle of the infradian rhythm, basically just like our menstrual cycle. So we're really ebbing and flowing with different, um, you know, hormones for 29 days versus men who kind of operate on a regular circadian daily rhythm. So they're kind of remaining the same every day. Therefore their body can kind of handle the same stresses every single day and like not really have any issues. And really the main reason why fasting for women can be a little bit more of a challenge is because we produce large amounts of a compound called Kispeptin. And this is like a protein that is highly involved in reproduction is and is extremely sensitive to stressors like fasting. And like Kate said, like, you know, minor stresses like exercise or fasting can be beneficial. But if you're also de- dealing with like stresses in your like personal life or in work life, and then you're also trying to add fasting on top of that, that can create a really, really dangerous state for your body and your body is going to kind of shut down and like maybe not like have a period or maybe your hormones will come out of whack because your body basically just like wants to ensure that it's safe and in like a calm environment in order to produce a kid because that's basically what women are on the planet for to like have children um so some studies have been shown that fasting decreases the production of kispeptin which results in disrupting the production of estrogen and progesterone one thing to kind of note that is 
a lot of research has been done mainly on animals. So that's a whole nother thing. A lot of clinical study and trials are not actually, you know, done on humans, mainly on animals because it's cheaper. Um, so obviously more research needs to be done on women to confirm these findings. But really, if you are a woman who does enjoy fasting, maybe considering doing like less aggressive fast and nothing like really longer than 12 hours is going to probably be like best protocol. And again, if you're pregnant, underweight, or like have chronic stress or have a history of disordered eating, fasting is definitely not recommended. So I don't really do fasting. I don't really think about it. I think like early days, it was something that I was like on my mind a lot. And I'm really happy that I guess the trends in health and wellness have evolved from fasting. So I think that was like all that was talked about for like 10 years um, when like Dave Asprey was like dominating the world. Yeah. Um, so well, I also yeah. think like with fasting, like when it, like you're saying, when it was first talked about and the like, and everything with health and wellness, like there's going to be new research and there's going to be new nuances and caveats that will change like your relationship to something. Yeah. I feel like for a very long time, like all that was discussed in health and wellness was like calories, like all that was ever discussed was like caloric deficit. And now it's like gut microbiome, like insulin resistance, <laughs> like fasting, like there's so much more for you to care about that it doesn't have to be so absolutist. But like I said, if fasting works for you and it takes the mental like work of feeling like you have to eat all the time or something. I don't know. Maybe it is helpful for you. I feel like and also with I was just gonna say I feel like I naturally fast like I'm a said to a degree, but I'm not like intuitively like if I'm hungry, I'm not gonna like not eat for an hour. Yeah. And there's so many other, you know, health hacks that you can do to like benefit your body that if you don't do fasting, you're fine. Like, you know, as long as you're exercising, drinking your water and going to bed at a decent time, you're you're a healthy individual. You're chilling, dog. Um, yeah, I think it's just good to feel like this is not like an absolutist. Like, if you don't fast, you're not going to achieve your goals. Um, because even if you do fast, you could be fucking up your body. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like when I was in the fasting phase, I probably was overstressing my body. So, cool. yeah. Um, hope this was helpful. I realized at the top of the episode, someone asked a listener mailbag, which we never got to. Um, sorry about that. It said Emma and Kate, like when I start taking supplements, how long should I wait to know results? I think the typical time is like two weeks to a month. Um, if you're just introducing one new thing, I would say don't introduce a bunch of things at once. So like take it one at a time and sort of see if you can isolate effects from that because yeah, like taking 10 pills is kind of crazy, crazy. So that's that. Um, it's a Sunday. I think I'm gonna go get my Pilates on, lengthen and stretch out my fucking limbs that feel like they're decrepit. Yeah, that's fun. I need to. I, I need say- to buy Nespresso pods because I got an espresso machine, so that'll be a fun new little errand for me to do. I love getting a new errand on the list. Um, I took a morning bath, which is like insane. I was going to take one last night and I was too lazy. And I was like, let's just do one first in the morning. Um, Got me all nice and loose, the Epsom salt in my veins and did my grocery shopping as well. So productive little Sunday for us dweebs over here. But um, that being said, it's December. End of the year is almost coming up. I think we're going to do a gift guide episode. We may do like a listener mailbag question. Mm -hmm. Um, As I mentioned, I will be going to Australia. And so probably not going to be potting for that point. So you're going to get a little CMOS girlies break as it is the holidays for both Emma and I and we are providing you with memes and this for free of charge so uh we do have other things to attend to and you know meme admins need a break every now and then but expect crazy new things the new year I don't know what those crazy new things are yet but Kate and I like to keep you all on your toes so you know to keep ourselves on our toes too Mm -hmm. uh because sometimes there's something swirling in my head and I feel like I've told Emma it and then I don't and like vice versa so yeah we're keeping each other on our toes too yeah but you know maybe maybe there'll be a new branding maybe we'll do a new podcasting format who freaking knows um i hope you all enjoyed this episode and we will see you all on the meme page and we'll see you next week love you cms girlies peace love talk to you next tuesday